Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for the view from the opposition Newcastle. Welcome Wolves to St. James's Park. I've got Wolves writer Alex Dickin to provide the insight into Sunday's opposition. Alex, how are you keeping? Good, thank you, Andrew. You? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. I'll be a lot better come Sunday evening if Newcastle have managed to beat Wolves, although I'm not overly confident they will do, given their form of late. And I guess while some might look upon Newcastle's form as a little bit disappointing, one win, you know, in 2023... From a Wolves' point of view, Alex, things are going reasonably better than they were at the early part of the season. The new manager's come in, he's turned things around. Just give our listeners and viewers a little bit of insight into just what the new manager's done and, and just how quickly he has managed to turn it around. Yeah, so when he took over, he took over at the uh, the beginning of November, the game before uh, the the break for the World Cup. Um, so he watched that from the stands and then officially took over during that World Cup break. Uh, obviously, you know, great CV, Real Madrid, Spain, did, did really well at Sevilla, to be fair, before this season. Um, he has changed pretty much everything. I mean, before the break, almost had 10 points from the first 15 games, bottom of the league, down and out, really. Um, some of the performances before the break were absolutely abject. Like, they looked like they were going down. They looked like a team that had all the hallmarks of relegation. Um, he's had the, the six-week break, which is obviously, you know, perfect timing and and uh, done really well with it. You know, some players who were really not performing before the break have come back and all of a sudden they look good players again. Um, and yeah, the results have been positive. Five wins from 11 in the league. Uh, did okay in the Carabao Cup as well. Got to the uh, the last eight of that, I think. Um, so uh, yeah, the, the things have been going really well, to be fair. And he's obviously a very popular man already with the fan base. Um, and the football football's different to what they've been used to. Uh, obviously, you know, he's got that Spanish style, wants to keep possession um, and control the game rather than whereas Wolves have been used to under previous managers playing a counter-attacking style with their, their speedy attackers. So it's a bit different in that respect, but they're kind of getting better at each week, really. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, they're really developing. So just in terms of the approach that Wolves will bring on Sunday, you say that they like to control the game these days. I think... It'd be really interesting to see how they set up against Newcastle because from my point of view, Newcastle have struggled in recent months because clubs have kind of worked them out. They know that if they allow Newcastle to hit them on the counter, that's when Newcastle are most potent. They've got the players to do that. While Whereas recently, teams have just kind of allowed Newcastle more of the ball and said, you've got to come on to us now. And Newcastle haven't yet worked out how to do that to, the, to, you know, to their true potential. And I'm just wondering, do you think Wolves will come 
with the mindset of wanting the ball and wanting to, to, to you know pass it around and hit Newcastle that way, or, or will they sit back and allow Newcastle to take control? You see, ordinarily when Wolves would travel to Newcastle, it'd probably be like you said, you know, Newcastle would have more of the ball and have to kind of work to, to break Wolves down. Um, but Lopetegui hasn't really done things like that. I mean, they played away at Man City and he did name that kind of a, a very counter-attacking base lineup, you know, fast forwards. Um, and he scrapped it at half-time because he wasn't happy, brought on the players who could keep the ball better. Um, and he hasn't done it since. He hasn't named that kind of counter-attacking lineup. Um, you know, Adama Traore is obviously the biggest weapon in that respect in that, you know, he's so fast and so good on the counter, but he's been left on the bench in nine of 11 Premier League games. So I actually think um, it'll probably be this this kind of 4 4 2 hybrid formation that he's been working with over the last four or five weeks. Um, and it, again, it's based with a lot of central midfield players and keeping the ball. So I actually think it'll be a Wolves all with. Obviously, with with mind that, that Newcastle are strong on the counter, I think they'll try and play a possession game, yeah, because that's the way they go. It'll be interesting to see if Newcastle can take advantage of that. Um, you mentioned there that the midfield of Wolves, and I think that's probably from someone who doesn't really follow the club that much, is probably where you look at being Wolves' strongest departments. Mm-hmm. I mean, the likes of Neves and Nunes, you know, Neves linked with a move to Newcastle in, in January. I'm sure our listeners and viewers would would love to have seen them in black and white. Is that their strongest department? Is that when Newcastle have really got to keep keep quiet and if they, if they manage to nullify the threat in the centre, then you know Newcastle will hopefully, from our point of view, take three points? Yeah, I mean, Neves uh, carried Wolves in the first part of the season. If it wasn't for him, they'd have been gone by Christmas. Um, I think the, the sign of Mario Lamina in January was so key, actually, because obviously an experienced player, a midfielder who now has been in the Premier League before and probably not quite lived up to it, but he now seems to know his role and how to play in this league. And he's playing as like a defensive midfield player. And it's allowed Neves just a, that little bit more freedom to go and play. Um, and we obviously know the talent he's got. He's an incredible player. And uh, he's looked so much better in recent weeks, even better than he was before the break. So that's it's, a, it's an area of real strength. They've got great options off the bench as well. You know, Jaratinho is coming on for the final 20 minutes of games. And actually, you know, at 36 years old, that really suits him, that role, because he's got so much intelligence. Um, they've got Israel Gomez as well. They've signed a young player from Brazil. He's just been called up to the Brazilian national team. Um, he's barely had a kick so far. I mean, the one kick he did have was at Southampton. He scored a win in the last minute. So um, they've got they've got so many options in midfield. It is really stacked. You know, Mateus Nunes, a superb player. You know, Chelsea, Liverpool, very strongly linked with him. Uh, he's only expected to last one year at Wolves. And, you know, in the last five or six games, he's been shunted out to the left wing. To, to fit into the team because they're that strong in the middle. So, um, yeah, that's that's an area of real strength. And I'd probably, you know, I think Newcastle have got great options in there. I know they'll be missing Joe Linton, but that is probably an area where I think Wolves could hurt them. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting battle. And, you know, viewers and listeners of the podcast will know that I think losing Joe Linton for not just this game, but the game afterwards against Forest is, is a massive blow because... Newcastle without him are just are just a lesser side. But Bruno working back to full fitness. Eddie Howe in his press comments today said that uh, his his ankle is fine. There was a bit of concern mm. about that, but good to hear that he's going to be all right. And then it's just going to be interesting to see who replaces Joe Linton in the middle of the park. It's probably going to be Joe Willick who picked up a, mm. an injury before the cup final. So he what you know he's not been hundred percent fit, but uh, He's looked decent in the cameos he's had since working back. It's going to be an interesting midfield battle. But like I said, without Joe Linton, you might say Wolves have maybe got the the, the stronger uh, middle of the park. Um, in terms of 
the biggest change for Wolves? What has it been? I know when Eddie Howe came in, I think many people would agree the biggest change was 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 the fitness. You know, Newcastle just looked a hundred times fitter. In terms of Wolves, what's been the biggest change since the new manager's come in? Uh, definitely the subs, the way he uses the whole squad. Um, actually, speaking to him last week, we were speaking about kind of some some of the fringe players who not had so many minutes and he was kind of trying to make the point that the subs in football these days are absolutely key. Obviously, that's been um, magnified because Premier League teams can now make five subs in games. Um, you know, the, the the case point is Adama Traore. I mean, he's, he's only started two of Lopetegui's 11 league games, but he's come off the bench um, in nine of the others. And in eight of those nine, he has come on before the 60th minute. You know, in three or four of those games, he's had a massive impact on the outcome of the game. Against last week, last against Spurs last week, he scored the winning goal. So um, that's the biggest thing I've seen. You know, the the subs previously probably under Bruno Large felt like you know they're on the bench for a reason. Um, not now, whereas Adamatore and Co feel like they're on the bench because they are going to be brought on into this game and they've got a big role to play. Whereas um, it's 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 you know night and day. Um, in that respect, that is that is the thing he's, that's been most impressive. You know, he makes five subs, he makes changes early. I think last week he brought on all five subs before the the sixty seventh minute. So, um, yeah, if things aren't going well, he's not one to uh, to sit there proudly and not do anything about it. Uh, one of the changes he did make last uh, weekend, and it was kind of enforced, wasn't it? Because Costa picked up the injury. Um, mm. Was 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 Raul Jimenez? Yeah. It is a year, I think, uh, since he's last scored a Premier League goal. Uh, yes. So, yeah, yeah, today. And Rogers asked you there, Alex, uh, what form has Jimenez got? And I guess that kind of answers it. But goals aside, and I know that sounds a daft question because he's a goal mm. scorer and he's paid to score goals, but what kind of form has Jimenez got? No, no, it's a, it's a good question because, um, you know, Jimenez, there was a big issue before the World Cup break. You know, a lot of fans were annoyed because they thought he was prioritising his fitness going into the World Cup with Mexico, which is obviously very important to him. Um, he didn't play for Wolves from September 3rd, I think, till you know Lopetegui took over, so around Christmas. Um, so he's 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 been on the fringes really at the beginning under Lopetegui and couldn't get many games. Obviously worked his way to fitness, got some starts in the cups, and then Lopetegui actually brought him into the start eleven recently. Um, he played against uh, against Fulham a few weeks back, and to be fair, he was absolutely brilliant. That's the best. That was the best striking performance I've seen from a Wolves player this season. Um, and then he played against Spurs. After being dropped, he came on, um, you know, in the 28th minute for Costa, and that was the best striking performance I've seen from a Wolves play this season. So he was absolutely superb last weekend. Lopetegui, for the first time, actually publicly praised him, um, you know, saying how how important he was to the team. Um, and yeah, the goal the goals aren't coming from him. And I'll be honest, a lot of the time he hasn't looked worth scoring. He had a couple of good chances against Spurs last weekend. One which pulled a, a brilliant save from Fraser Forster. And there was another the goal that he scored was offside. But um he actually looks a lot better in terms of form. Um if we take, you know, the goal scoring thing out of the equation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I heard yesterday, well, uh, on a uh, match uh, preview episode with John Gibson, he came in with a stat, and I, I've totally forgotten the actual number, but it, it was it was a long period of time since the last time a striker has scored yeah, for yeah, the yeah, today. That, that wow, that that that's yeah, quite yeah. something, isn't it? So, um, so yeah, the last the last Premier League goal a striker, a, one of centre forward scored was against Watford a year ago today, and Wolves beat them four 0 uh, him and his scored in, in the early stages of that game. It is incredible, to be honest, and a lot has been made of it. Um, I think that was part of the reason why Lopetegui was so quick to praise him and his after the, the game last week, because obviously he's been asked about it an awful lot. You know, he signed Mateus Cunha in January for £43 million. That was his big signing. Um, and he's not scored yet, and he's not really looked like scoring, to be honest. Um, there are obviously doubts in the fan base as well over whether he's an actual centre forward because he looks more of a second striker. Um, they've got him as who's who's still for me, you know, I mean, he's not he's not been the same since since that head injury, but he's still the best striker at the club, um, the best natural number nine at the club. Um, Sasha Kaladzic, Kaladzic got injured, you know, 45 minutes into his first game and they're signing 15 million in the summer. Um, knee injury out for the season. Dare Costa was then the kind of the emergency replacement for him. To be fair, he's not, he's not really done it, but, you know, when a player comes from playing the Brazilian league, having not played for nine months at 34 years of age, it's, it's always going to be difficult to ever get up to speed. Um, he's done okay in some games, but him is still the best option. Um, but yeah, the strike at the striking issue is a real, a real bugbear for fans. But at the moment, Newcastle strikers uh, aren't hitting the back of the net either. Not on quite a bad run as that. <laughs> yeah, still not managing to score goals. I think Callum Wilson has scored one in 15. Uh, and but it that that's the big debate from Newcastle point of view is who starts mm. up top for Newcastle on Sunday. Will it be Callum Wilson? I think a lot of people, myself included, would like it to be Alexander Isak. But Eddie Howe today has come out and said he's not ready to play ninety minutes now. Of course, that he might, he might start and come off on the hour mark. But he, mm. I think reading between the lines, I think we'll see Callum Wilson start on Sunday, um, which I don't think will please too many Newcastle United fans. How will how will Wolves centre backs handle Callum Wilson? Because I think that also plays into the debate. You know, Callum Wilson is is very good at holding the ball up. He's quite mm. physical. Whereas Isaac, from the, the the limited minutes we've seen him play, tends to like to run in behind the defence. He runs at them. Doesn't look like he can hold the ball up as well as Callum Wilson. So, you know, will it suit? the Wolves' defence to have a Callum Wilson or would you think it, it would suit them to more have it a player who likes to run at them? I think it, it, it would I think it would suit them having Callum Wilson if, if he's a player. I mean, Callum Wilson, to be fair, has, has got a bit of speed about him as well. I mean, he'd probably give Craig Dawson and, and Max Kilman a run for their money. I'd imagine he'd outpace them. But um, if, he, if he is, you know, playing more in front of them, I think that will suit them more than someone who's naturally going to run in behind at every opportunity. Um, if it is if it is those two who start for Wolves, you know they went to a back three against Spurs the second half last week and it worked really well. Uh, Nathan Collins coming back into the team and did well, but but um, I'd suspect it will be it will be a back four with uh, with Dawson, Craig Dawson, and Max Kilman again, and 
they've both been quite good, to be fair. Kilman was, was struggling before the break, but, you know, seems to have helped him having that experience, head coming alongside him. Dawson obviously done very well at West Ham for the last couple of years when they finished sixth. So, um, Wolves' defence has been a, a big improvement for them, to be honest. And um, it, it's, it bodes well that, that Newcastle strikers seem to be as, as hopelessly out of form as Wolves at the moment. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, from Newcastle point of view. An interesting fact about Dawson, and I'm sure you will know this, but I was told this the other day. I think he's the only centre-back to have scored for four teams in the Premier League, beginning with W, which is quite the stat, if I'm not mistaken. Have you heard I didn't, that I didn't, one? Know, I didn't know that, but it makes sense. It makes West sense. Brom, West Ham, Watford, and now, of course, Wolves. Yeah, so... There you go. There's a little start. You can you can uh, you can put that in your live blog this weekend. Thank um, you. There's, a, there's another one that he's uh, he's actually Wolves. Apart from him, he's scored more goals than any other Premier League goals than any other player they've got. So, so yeah, <laughs> that's probably not a stat you want, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, just keeping with the centre back discussion at the from a Newcastle point of view, there is another discussion whether Jamal Lascelles, uh, the club captain, who's only started two games this season, but he did start against Man City. And he kept Haaland relatively quiet. You know, Haaland's a brilliant player, but he didn't really have uh, much luck against Newcastle uh, last weekend. Uh, but that was more of a physical battle. And again, mm. it's probably the same question as I asked you regarding Wolves' centre-back. What's the best way to stop Jimenez? Is it to have someone like Lascelles, who's physical, good in the air? Or is it to have someone like Fabian Cher, who Eddie Howard-Dear said will be available to, to, to choose if need be? Where he's a bit more pacey, and he, you know, if yeah. someone runs at him, he's going to keep up with him and, and get the get the tackle in. Jimenez isn't slow, but he's not he's not really the player anymore who's going to completely run in behind. Um, you know, he'll run the channels and work hard and, and link the play well, but he's not going to, I don't think, out sprint a defender massively. Um, in the air, you know, he's still, despite that awful head injury, he's still phenomenal in the air. Um, I'm just waiting for him to score a Premier League goal with his head. To be honest, he, he almost did it last week. Um, but yeah, that. His his strengths are the way he links the play, um, the way he comes short and gets the ball and links with the Darmashore in particular is really good. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I I it'd be a good battle with either of those two centre backs. But I, the way I've, when I've watched Newcastle this season, I've always been really impressed when Shea has played. Uh, I've not massively rated him previously under previous Newcastle managers, but I don't know what Eddie Howe's done because I think he's really got the best out of him. No, yes, and he's not the only one that Howe's managed to kind of. Mm. Turn their career around at Newcastle. Listeners of this podcast know I was a massive critic of Shared. Always had a mistake in him, but even now that just that, that one or two mistakes seems to have eradicated from his game. Uh, so fingers crossed. I mean, I I think Lascelles did play well, but you know if, if Shared's fit and raring to go, I think it'll be Shared that that starts. Um, you mentioned there Traore. He's a man who's been in and out, and obviously scores against Spurs. As they say comes off the bench. Would you, will he start? Um, this weekend, do you think? Or is he another one he'll come off the bench and, and, and try and run at some tired legs after the hour mark? I'm finally beginning to get a little bit better at guessing what Lopetegui is going to do each week now. And I, I, I've i got it in my head now that he'll he'll leave a Adama on the bench and bring him on. Um, he has started him a couple of times. But the issue with Adama when you start him, he, he plays well, it's fine. He's never an issue. He plays exactly the same whether he starts or whether he's on the bench. But I feel like the Wolves team become a little bit lazy when he's in the team. Um, especially when he starts, like it's constantly like giving the ball, letting beat three players and everyone get in the box. And it, obviously, you know, when you've got a player like that, Newcastle have got a similar player in St Maximan who does similar things. Um, yeah, there is obviously always that temptation to give them the ball and let them run with it. But um, Wolves play better, you know, as a team when Adama 
his use from the bench as an impact sub. I actually think he'll he'll be on the bench again. Um, he's been on the bench more often than not, so I don't see why he changed that. And also, Pablo Sarabia is playing in that right wing position, and he's a real Lopetegui favourite at the moment. So um, I, I think he'll probably play on the right of four four two. Be interesting to see that team sheet. And you mentioned St. Max from there, whether he starts on Sunday. Anthony Gordon started against City, but he doesn't look mm. to have been pictured in any of the training um, galleries that have come out this week. And I know they can be quite selective. So be interesting to see if indeed he gets a, gets a run out. Um, just on Wolves' biggest weakness, you know, they don't score many goals. What is their biggest? Is that their biggest weakness? Or is there something else Newcastle could tap into and hopefully get three points? Yeah, I mean, Wolves aren't apart from against Liverpool. They're not. They're not really that sort of team that's going to go and score two or three goals. Um, you know, Lopetegui has uh, has given the team in, an incentive to get clean sheets by promising he'll take them out for a meal every time they get one. So uh, he's obviously basing his his philosophy and their success around getting clean sheets because he knows they're not going to outscore teams. So um, yeah, that's that's the area. If Newcastle score, I can't see Wolves winning. Uh, they get a point potentially, but I don't see them scoring more than once. That's the issue. Um, and in terms of how Wolves look at this this game on Sunday, you know, if it had been three, four months ago before the World mm. Cup, you you probably come in and from a Wolves point of no view, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> you you yeah, you would say you would say points of bonus or you know what have you. But yeah. now you look at it, Wolves seventh in the form table. I think they are. Newcastle down in something like fourteen, fifteenth. You know, the, 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 the form's switched and maybe they're coming to this game not fearing Newcastle as much as they would have done at the back end of last year. Yeah, I think you could say that. Um, Newcastle, I mean, I think they haven't won in five, but three of those games have been obviously quite tricky ones. Um, so they're obviously not the team they once were at the start of, well, in the first part of the season, but also at the same time, they're not conceding many goals still. And I watched the game against, uh, against Man City last weekend. They gave them a run for their money for most of it. So... Um, they're still a very good team and I still put Newcastle as favourites. But Wolves are a bit different now. They're just more resilient than they were. Um, you know, they were shipping goals so easily before the break, individual errors every single week. They don't really have them at the moment, um, which is obviously a sign of, of good coaching that, that Lopetegui is getting a lot right. Um, so I, I reckon they'll, they'll be conservative. Um, but like I said earlier, he's a manager who wants to have the ball. He wants to have possession. It's the only way he knows. So... Um, it, it makes for an interesting game, to be honest. Um, I think you've probably come to the uh, the score prediction already, but I think people probably know where I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm going to ask you that in a moment. Um, it certainly sounds like it's going to it's going to be a great game to to watch. Uh, just uh, from Newcastle point of view, is is there anyone that you're looking at from the potential Newcastle starting eleven, and you're thinking, um, you know, I can't wait to watch watch him play on on Sunday. Like Wolves will be fearing. Yeah, I always look at Bruno to be honest. I, I really rate him. Um, I think everyone does to be honest. He's a he's a top player, really, really good. I mean, the commitment he shows as well. I think the last three or four times I've watched Newcastle, he's actually been limping around the pitch for most of the game. He's still, you know, one of the most creative and best players in that Newcastle team. So he's a top top player. And you know, you went, obviously we know Newcastle have got an awful lot of money, and they're obviously on this kind of uh, at the beginning of this new project. But you always need that first big name at the start of those projects, like Man City had Rubinia, um, and then they're built with good players around him and things, and then moved on to bigger players. But Bruno feels like that player for Newcastle, the kind of first player of the, of the you know, of the getting the elite, uh, St. James Park almost. Um, yeah, he's a he's a class player, and he actually missed the first game against 
against Wolves. I'm not sure why he didn't miss that game. Then I remember thinking at the time, oh, that's a massive boost. Um, so yeah, he's a, he's one that Wolves will definitely have to watch. But but Wolves have got quality players there only midfield as well. Yeah, go on then. Give me one that Newcastle fans should be fearing. God, there's a there's a few to be fair. Um, I don't I don't want to don't want to say Ruben Neves because he's uh he's you know we all know if he has a good game he could be playing in black and white next season (laughs) (laughs) we all know we all know how good Ruben Neves is I mean he's a a world-class player but the guy I'm going to pick out is a a guy who's not had you know as many national headlines in recent weeks despite Wolves good form Uh, Mario Lamina um you know he's had two Premier League spells before Southampton and and Fulham played for Juventus early in his career. He's clearly a player with a lot of ability, but probably not always quite doing it consistently. He's uh, he's really found that consistency over the last four or five weeks with Wolves. He plays a as a holding midfield player, fills in you know everywhere, does the hard the hard work in midfield, so that Neves, Nunes, Sarabi can go and play. And I just think that in that kind of engine room battle, which is going to be really key on Sunday, he gives Wolves so much. You know, he's going to be the guy who's going to be tasked with stopping. Bruno, you know, it was a, a ruthless decision by Lopetegui last week against Spurs because he was actually Lamina who he took off at half time and that changed tactically, even though he was the best player in the first half, like basically man marking Harry Kane out of the game. So I expect him to come back or like, we'll keep his place in the team. And uh, yeah, he's, he's one to watch, to be honest. I think he's he's 29 now and I think we'll, we're, the Premier League is finally starting to the best of him. Yeah, when you mentioned there the midfield battle, and I was just about to say I'm just so frustrated Julian can't play. But then Derek mm. here says, let's make Julian's absence an opportunity to explore different attacking options. Silence just said five serves mean you can change things if it's not working. But yeah, so he says, uh, hopefully whoever places Julian can can step up. Uh, so hopefully Joe Willick can come on. Then Alex, how's this one? How's this one going to go? One one. <laughs> it's one, always one one. It's always. I was going to say, isn't there a weird stat like I don't know seven of the last nine? Yeah, yeah, they're they're they're, they're normally they're normally always one more. I think obviously Newcastle beat Wolves one 0 last season, St James Park, but they're almost always one one. Um, I actually think that that scoreline makes sense this time, given that both teams are slightly not not the most free scoring. Uh, both teams fairly solid in defence. I actually think one one. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably not going to go down well uh, with our listeners. But then if they're realistic, they might say, yeah, you can see that being the scoreline. But um, it's certainly going to be an interesting game. Alex, thank you very much for popping on to the podcast. A pleasure as always. To you guys watching and listening, hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube or the follow button if you're on our podcast channel. And head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep it with all the latest Newcastle news, including everything Eddie Howe had to say in his press conference today, which was Friday and all the build-up ahead of Sunday's game against Wolves, where you can find a dedicated live blog as well on Sunday morning, bringing you all the coverage of the game from St. James's Park.